thought I got an email just now and they're like we noticed you just signed up but I thought it was like we noticed you haven't been corresponding like are you okay <laughs> and I was gonna be like oh no I'm just like a procrastinator <laughs> um so this is me dressed up for you is what I'm telling you me and my tank top <laughs> oh yeah I'm in my Harry style shirt it's I like to record at the beginning because I can hear all our foolishness and then mm-hmm. you know you edit. I know I'm like Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia, back for another episode of More Than a Pretty Face. Um, today, I am here with a treat, a dream, a queen, Bethany oh Burgess. Bethany, <laughs> do you want Hi. to introduce yourself? That was really nice. Um, a treat and a queen. That's, like, cute. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you said it all. I think I'm all of those things. True, true. And... <laughs> more um yeah i don't really even know what to say about myself i'm your friend from college you are you are can you believe years and years ago now yes i know my fifth year reunion is coming up in like a year did they schedule that well i don't know but it's like 2021 so it has to be coming soon right yeah i don't it's 2020 alumni the alumni committee is working overtime nowadays. I don't know if you get those. I get a lot of emails. I delete a lot of emails. <laughs> you took my money for four years. And when I picked up my cap and gown, you were asking for a donation. Mm-hmm. Dude, I the 15000 I, I gave you a year. I didn't even do that. I said zero. I said bye-bye. <laughs> and they mail me, too. They mail me because they're getting my information from somewhere. And I remember I tried to call. I'm not going to say who it is, but you know them. I tried to call and I got the voicemail because it was after hours. And I hung up because I was not going to leave this person a voicemail because I know them. And they work for the university now. And I was like, oh, no. No, wait. No, really? Yes. I quit. I quit. You would know. I quit. I got their voicemail and I was like. Oh no, I can't ask to be removed from the mailing list from this person. No, I cannot. I quit so everything. I'm just keep getting the mail. <laughs> I quit everything. I do. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs> Bethany, it's been fun. It's been real. <laughs> we'll talk post pod. We'll talk post pod. Um, yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, but I wanted to have Bethany on today because Bethany is truly like one of the funniest people I know. Um, and she's a comedian. That's two ends, friends. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to her to talk about what it's like to, to be a comedian. I've never had um, a comedian on the podcast before. Um, I know she's, like, doing other stuff right now, but I know that is a passion. And also, if that's not enough, this girl can sing because, of course, we did acapella together and live together. <laughs> um, so Bethany and I also did acapella together. So, yes, all those rumors about acapella people are true we are very weird mm-hmm. we do hang out mm-hmm. together a freakish amount considering mm-hmm. i lived with her 
and like four <laughs> other people that were also in the acapella group. <laughs> yeah, that was an acapella apartment for sure. It really was. Um, Minus one person who <laughs> who didn't who was basically honorary at that point because of that's so true. <laughs> that's I mean, well, all of her friends were in it, so she couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the same group, she couldn't get away. Um, but so tell me about what kind of like started your little passion for this thing we call comedy, the business we call show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think growing up, like I was always cracking jokes and trying to be funny and like just naturally, like I think it's something I, cause I'm very, I'm a very like shy person and like, uh, and I guess the way for me to be a part of something, if I'm like, this always manifested in like family gatherings for me. Cause I'm very shy around my extended family because I have four <laughs> siblings and so I would just try to like hang out with them but I would always be so like nervous to see my grandparents and my aunts and my uncles like I just didn't like going to those things because I didn't want to talk about myself but in order to cope with that I would just like joke around and like make jokes and um try to be funny and then I was like, that's a good way to get people to like me, but also, like, maybe leave me alone a little bit if I crack a joke and make people laugh, <laughs> and I can, like, chill out for a bit, and they focus on something else. Um, so, yeah, and I, I, you know, I grew up watching SNL, and a lot of, a lot of, like, uh, people who were really famous in the 90s, like Chris Farley, like, a lot, well, a lot of Chris Farley movies, um, really, <laughs> really like Chris Farley, um, and just all those, that whole SNL cast, the 90s cast, it was very, like, influential. Um, and a lot of, like, late-night talk shows. Like, I remember in fifth grade, I would stay up and watch Conan O'Brien because I did not like Jay Leno. I had to suffer through Jay Leno to get to Conan. And I was, me as a... <laughs> Me as, like, a fifth grader, like, in my room, I was lucky to have, like, a chunky little TV in my room mm -hmm. with a little antenna that I had to, like, adjust every once in a while, and I would wait to watch Conan, and I loved Conan. Um, so, yeah, I think I just grew up around that and watching, like, classic comedy movies, and, you know, like, yeah, so, and then in school, I think I took one improv class in high school that was not not very good but it was <laughs> something <laughs> and then i got to college and college improv was like a huge thing yeah at our school freakishly really huge yes. yes 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 it was really weird like it was like cult huge like packed houses all the time yes and i remember i visited um our college and we and i went to a show because it was like something they did when the prospecting students came <laughs> and I was like holy crap this is like a big deal and also this is funny like this is like whose line is it anyway like and I you know grown up watching that too so I was like this is cool like it's a big deal and it's funny and I like being funny and maybe this is something that I could do you know and then got to college and I did it <laughs> now so, you didn't do it your first like two years though yeah, exactly. I didn't do I didn't do a lot my first two years because again, like I said, I'm a little shy, shy girl and <laughs> very insular. And then I got, well, then the acapella group was created, and that sort of 
helped me, I think, go get out of my shell. Because mm-hmm. it's like once I have something that, you know, I can connect to, I definitely, like, become, you know, more sociable, more outgoing, an extrovert, if you will. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think I'm an extrovert, but I feel like I'm not. Um, but once you get to know me, I guess they act more like that. And I feel like that really helped me blossom and give me the – it gave me, like – the strength to want to try out for the improv because Mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, I have my own community here in acapella. So if it doesn't work out, like at least I have them and it wouldn't be necessarily like going out on such a limb because I would still have, you know, a community to go back to, Mm -hmm. which I think helped a lot. So yeah, I didn't get on the team until I was a junior on one of the two teams that we had at our college shenanigans shenanigans Um, there was another shenanigans alum on the pod previously wait who emily denny oh my god how can i forget oh my yes my girl emily love emily denny Uh, she is she's quite a queen love her um she was on in season one of the podcast so you're a that's so wild. I've had two improv people, but we didn't talk about improv. That wasn't our first, that wasn't the point of our, I think we talked about it a little bit, but that wasn't the full point of our episode. Which is so funny because Emily is like, first and foremost, she is more of a comedian than I <laughs> will ever be. I mean, she actually has content and I, I just do improv a little bit, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Emily's great, and we were. She had been on the team two years. Mm-hmm. I think she got on as a freshman. Freshman, yeah. Um, and so I joined as a junior, which made me feel good because that's not usually something that happens. Because joining later in your college career or whatever is not as like um, acceptable, just because you have less time. So the whole thing is like, can you can you vibe with the group if you're joining so late? In mm-hmm. the, in college or whatever um so I felt good about that and I remember because I I tried out for both teams and the other team um it was more of like a household name they'd been around a little bit longer people seemed to know them a little bit more than shenanigans and so I remember I tried out and I had planned to try out for both teams just because I knew like I felt like I could fit either way and I didn't make it onto Peapod, which is the other group, mm-hmm. and I was—I remember being very, very disheartened by that because I felt like the audition went well, and I felt like it's hard to know that maybe you didn't get on something because you, not necessarily your talent, like maybe you didn't get on because it wasn't a right fit, like personally, which yeah. is kind of what you have to think about, you know, when you're in these, I mean, it sounds so stupid, I'm making it sound so serious, but it's, like, not serious at all, because it's college, and, like, who cares, but, like, at the time, it meant so much, and I remember being, like, wow, like, they don't like me, or, like, I wouldn't vibe with them as a person, and then I auditioned for Shenanigans, and I got on Shenanigans, and I was, like, well, they were right, like, I know they were literally being, like, she needs to be on shenanigans. Yeah. And, you know, they and everybody in the teams are friends with each other. So I, I had a feeling they had been like, you need to, like, we'll, we'll save her for you because it was just a much better fit. Like, this, the vibe was so much better. Um, Peepaw's great, but it just, it, there's a different vibe. Yeah, there's vibe. a different vibe. There's a different vibe to it. Yeah. The type yeah. of comedy that they do. And I loved cheering you on and being 
in the stands and being like, that's my friend. That's my whole friend. In the stands. In the stands. I'm like yes. a football star. <laughs> and what... Oh, yeah, so... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, what what was it like to kind of know, to have your funniness kind of confirmed, if that makes sense? Because I think I think that's the difficult thing is, like, you think you can have talent, and then it's different when other people affirm that talent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. It's because I know at Clark, oh, can you, you should edit that out, maybe, where what? we go to school. I don't know. Does it matter? I was trying to no. be very vague. No, I mean... <laughs> Okay, so we went to Clark University. It's out in the open, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at Clark, they had there was an improv class, and you have to like take the class mm-hmm. if you want to be considered for the group or for one of the groups. Like that's sort of an unsaid prereq. An all and theater so, program, like anything, because yes. I took the class is what like all of us had to write a yes, passage. And a lot of, like, business or, like, football, or not football, um, just sports people take it because it's, like, the easy class, quote, mm-hmm. unquote, but it's, like, scary because it's yeah. improv. Um, so you had to take that. And I remember I took that in my sophomore year. And I remember because some before I took the class, people were like, you should audition, you should audition for the improv group, whatever. And I was like, I don't know. And then I took the class. And after, their class is like a class show that's just a performance. And all the improv people go to kind of scout out or whatever. And both groups approached me and was like, and were like, you need to audition for us. So that felt really cool. And so that kind of gave me a boost to be like, okay, I'm going to audition. And then when I didn't get into the first group, people thought I was like, well, geez, like, okay, I suck. <laughs> and then I got into shenanigans and I just felt good because it felt like, because the year I got into shenanigans, it was my beginning of my junior year, and I was about to decide to, um, in the summer before junior year, study abroad. And I was like, if I study abroad, I'm not going to do improv because I wouldn't get on. Like, if I, I couldn't audition second semester, that doesn't yeah. work. And then, so that would be a completely unopen thing for me. And so I decided not to study abroad because I was like, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. So being getting on shenanigans and having that confirmed the, my talent or at least what they were looking for at the time like that felt good because I kind of not that like studying abroad it was like a big deal to me anyway but like you know I kind of chose to do that mm-hmm. that was something I was actively choosing to pursue so having that confirmed then was really really great and then here you know we'll probably talk about it more but I'm now on a house team for an improv theater and which is a big deal yeah it's it's, a very big deal it is I like I try to downplay it a little just because that's my nature but I'm gonna be your hype woman it's a big deal (laughs) homegirls on a house team Uh, yes yeah so that was that too it's that same feeling of being like Mm -hmm. okay everything that I have thought myself but but also, you know, you try to be like, I'm not that great. Like, you have to, you can't be, you know, up your own ass the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. you have to kind of have some some perspective. And it, especially here in New York, like, everything is so uh, up in the air. And mm-hmm. there's so many people trying for the same thing. And it's so, it's very heavily saturated. 
So, you know, having that confirmed in even a small way is very, it's nice. Mm -hmm. It's nice to know you're at least on the right track, you know. So making that transition, now that you brought it up, making that transition from college to real world, if it can't get any more stereotypical, a good chunk of our friends all moved to New York together, (laughs) including you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I have to say that was, like, the plan. It wasn't necessarily... (laughs) It is kind of cool when I think about it, um, because my sister's lived here for over 15 years now, and my aunt lived here when I was growing up, so... New York had always been something that I, you know, been a place I wanted to go, and I had visited a few times when I was younger because my sister went to grad school here, and um, she's like 11 years older than me, so I was visiting when I was younger in middle school and whatnot, and so it had always been a place I'd want, I wanted to go, and when I got to college, I was like, one, I can't drive, two, <laughs> if I go home after... <laughs> after college like I spent the summer home after I graduated and I'm from Portland Oregon and I can't drive so that is a huge like I feel like I joke about this this is like the main reason I moved to New York but it's like half the reason I moved to New York because <laughs> I genuinely I have my permit and I did you know do some practicing when I was home <laughs> but it scares me and I never took the test so <laughs> I was like, I need to move somewhere with, like, a lot of public transportation, like, reliable, constant, I can walk to a store, (laughs) and also because at that point when I had graduated um, college, it was like, I want to move so I can do comedy, like, I want to try to do this, so I was like, I want to move, but I can't do this alone, and my best friends from college also wanted to move because it was you know, like one of my roommates wants to do music and my other roommate is an actor too. And maybe not a full fledged, like wanting to pursue acting totally, but definitely wanted to be around that community. And my other friend just wanted to get out of her town. So it was very just natural. And it was hard um, moving, even though I had connections, you know, I stayed with my sister for a few weeks when I first moved. And I thought, and it was really nice to have that. Um, yeah safety net but it's hard it's really hard we had to literally sublet for the first six months we had to you know find jobs Mm -hmm. and you know finding a job in New York is very difficult and it's difficult when you don't have a job and you're moving there because you can't get an apartment if you don't have a job essentially Mm -hmm. I mean it's impossible pretty much anywhere to do that so (laughs) had to move had to sublet focus on getting money and getting a job and so we did have to sublet i mean i shared a room with my best friend for six months same bed i shared a bed with my best friend you did you did share a bed with Nat. <laughs> yeah and you shared that bed too when you and i didn't have my snoring under control then so it was a rough shot <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we love you, so we, we don't with it, but. <laughs> it was, because, well, I stayed with Steven one time, too. I stayed with Steven, like, one day. And, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. yeah. And Steven, and that was even harder for Steven, because he subletted alone. Mm-hmm. So, Natalie and I subletted together, which was, which was really nice, because 
it's hard to be alone here. I mean, especially now, I mean, you know, my sister lives alone and during this whole pandemic, I mean, she's with a friend now, thank goodness, but that's hard. Even in normal times, it's hard to live alone here because you go home at the end of the night and you're like, oh, well, I'm home, you know? I guess this is it. Yeah. So we were, we were lucky to have each other and to have some safety nets. And then we finally got jobs and we finally found our first apartment, five floor walk up, classic. Yo, that walk up was, I'm still winded thinking about it. (laughs) I know, me too, me too. (laughs) We're lucky we live, we live on the ground floor. First floor, first, yeah, ground floor. Definitely glowed up, glowed up there, so. It's a cute little spot, you know. Oh yeah, we love our our new place is amazing. We're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that to make that leap, not have a job, and just kind of go for it. Ooh man, I mean, only few can say they've done that. I certainly cannot. So it's just like. Oh my gosh! Don't even. What? Hey, when I moved. Amazing. I mean, come on. (laughs) Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> but when was it, when was the point of like your senior year of college that you were just like, okay, I want to do comedy. That's, that's the shtick. That's how my name's going to be in lights, you know? Yeah. I, cause I went to college thinking that I was going to do international relations, mm-hmm. which is hilarious if you think about it now. It but, very much is. <laughs> because I took the international relations class and I was like, I don't understand a thing. And that's so, how we met. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so then, you know, I went through college and I was complete major history minor, basically just so I could, like, read and watch movies mm-hmm. and talk about them, which I love to do. And then, you know, being on Shenanigans, I was just like, if, if I'm going to do anything that I love to do, you know, if I ever had, like, a career career that I love to do, because I'm, you know, realistic at heart and know that, like, you know, I have a day job now. Mm -hmm. It's not, like, comedy is the number one thing in my life. I mean, you know, I want it to be, but that's unrealistic. Just, you know, you can't live off that. Um, (laughs) Right now. Right now. Revision testing, yes. Yes, yes. Um, So I was just like, that's what I want to do, though. You know, I kind of felt like college was, at least on the academic front, it just wasn't something that I was going to... It's funny because I was very, like, academic-focused in high school, and I thought I was, like, hot shit, and I, you know, I was so smart, la, la, la. And then you get to college, and you're like, okay, like, I'm, like, a dummy. Like, everyone else is so much smarter than me. Like, what was I thinking? Um, And I just realized, you know, I don't want to be like an academic person I don't really want to be I don't want to be a politician or whatever thought I was going to be a diplomat I don't know what I thought I was going to be you know so I just knew that I wasn't suited for that kind of work like where my heart what my heart loves is entertainment in movies tv acting comedy that kind of stuff so if I could be a part of that any way I can you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to try. And New York, obviously, was the best place for that. So, New York, but why not L.A.? You know? Because you, well, you're from Oregon, like... I mean, it would just be closer. It, when you learned how to drive, it'd be easier. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, I was going to say circling back, 
I can't drive. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but I, I get what you mean. Like, yeah, technically that would have been probably the better option in the sense of, yeah, I would be closer to my family. I do have family in California, Southern California. So, you know, I would have a safety net there too. And, but I never saw, I don't see myself as like an actor because I'm, I'm like, if I did acting, which I also have done, I did, um, one of my good, good friends here wrote a comedy film and um, last summer we filmed that. So that was fun because it was scripted. I mean, it was very collaborative and we all met through improv as well. So a lot of it was improv and her script. Um, but that was kind of the first like filmed acting thing where I had to actually act, even though it was funny. Mm -hmm. And that was scary because I don't consider myself an actor. I've never done like straight acting before. Like I've never done the straight play. You know, I, I've, yeah, I love musicals, I love plays, and I love like joking around and playing around with that kind of stuff. But it, it's always funny, like it's always comedy driven mm -hmm. or if, it, if I'm being serious, it's a joke. Mm -hmm. So that that's why I didn't like think of LA as a possibility because I, I don't think of myself as wanting to be an actor, mm -hmm. you know? Even though when I was young, you know, I did want to be on Broadway. I did want to be. She has the TV. voice for it. Oh my god! <laughs> I wish. I wish. Don't um, lie. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, if anything, I see myself as a comedian, and then I would be a comedic actor. Mm -hmm. Which, not to say that I mean, there are a ton of people who we consider comedians who are fantastic dramatic actors. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it goes hand in hand. And but for myself, I just never. I never fully immerse myself in in theater culture that way. Mm. You know, I've been I was in some plays in high school and I was very involved in the theater community in college, but not in the way of like being in productions mm -hmm. and doing stuff like that. So for me there's a little bit of a barrier there because I feel like I have less experience in that way. So that's why I focus on improv because that's something that I'm good at and it's something that I can Although it, it does take training, obviously, because mm -hmm. improv isn't just, like, making stuff up. Like, there are rules to follow and everything like that. But it's something that I can just come up with on the fly. And I think I'm funnier on the fly as well. Mm -hmm. If I try to do something scripted or if I think about something in my head and then I say it out loud, usually it doesn't land. <laughs> you know, usually it's not funny. And if I'm just saying something off the cuff, that's when people think I'm funny. So I've sort of noticed that trend and, and realized that I've that's more suited to me. To you, I it's so it's so interesting that you say that because I remember like the Bethany I know is just like funny always, and I think that's like what I like love not like but love about you is that seeing you perform is also hysterical, but just like seeing you in regular life is hysterical, <laughs> like <laughs> but like in the best way. <laughs> Because I'm just a freaking loser. <laughs> no, no, but it's and I think that's a gift because I think I think especially you you see people are like, oh, I'm funny. I could do comedy. But like you have those friends that are like funny, but they're like they're funny for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, my friend is mm -hmm. funny, but they're not mm -hmm. like I'm going to put you on a stage funny. 
Like, I think I'm funny in the sense of, like, I have friends who think I'm funny. But I don't think there's, I have any business doing a tight 10 at the Waldorf. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's a huge thing. Like, there, I mean, anybody can be funny. You know, like, you have funny friends, like you were saying. Like, people are funny people. And it's, if you can translate that to stage, you know, and that's the difference there, though, too, because I don't do stand-up. Mm-hmm. And in college, I did sketch, and so I've written a little bit. I, I, that's lightly. That should t- be taken loosely. <laughs> a, loose, <laughs> a loose writing. Uh, yeah, a loose writing. I was in the room, and I was contributing, but <laughs> writing it down. I'm not good at writing things down. I'm not good at writing jokes. You know, mm-hmm. that's something I definitely want to focus on because stand-up is so different. And there are so many different forms now of stand-up, and it's becoming more acceptable to sort of think outside the box in terms of stand-up there are still people who who get very up in arms about the the format of stand-up and what is stand-up and yeah and what is storytelling versus stand-up and stuff like that i think it's all stand-up to me (laughs) um but it's just the different ways people choose to express it and um so that's something i'm interested in getting into but that's sort of a barrier for myself because i i don't write jokes Mm-hmm. You know, and and I have a, I don't even know. I feel like I wouldn't be good at that, you know. But I I need to take classes and exercise that. You know, I haven't tried it yet here, really. And you know, it's scary. And I have a lot of friends who transition from from improv to stand up. And one of my good friends, Elise Delucci, um, she, we were in a lot of improv classes together. And the teacher was like you should try stand-up because you're really funny and you have this natural ability to just tell a story that is funny. And so she took some stand-up classes and she got better at writing the jokes and actually creating jokes. And she, you know, before all this, um, she had a gig every single night and she had a weekly spot. Yes, look at growth. Yeah, and she's like, you know, she's in her thirties. Like she has children and this is just something she started to do. You know, she had a day job and she still has a day job, but she just doubled down, went really hard and, and, um, did it. And she was getting places, you know? So there's a difference. There's a difference in being able to translate your funniness into something marketable, into something that people want to see and watch. And do you see that for yourself? Because I could totally see you as a stand-up number one, but also as, like, a comedic actress, like, a comedic actress. Like, I think you could do, like, a like a Bernie Feld scene. Is that how you say her name? Um, yeah. Book smart? Beanie. 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 Yeah. Like, she's amazing. She's yeah. amazing. And that's, like, that's how, like, I picture you doing comedy. Like, like just, like, hysterical, that... like... <laughs> That would be the dream. You know, I would, like, I definitely like to create, but I also appreciate, you know, like I said, the film that I mentioned, the little short film that we did um, last summer, that was so awesome to be asked to do. And, you know, my, my good friend Phoebe, and she, you know, it's just because she knew that I was a good collaborator, a good improv, improver. I don't know the word. Improvise? Uh, improvise. No, it was improviser. Words um, are hard, <laughs> says the English major. You. <laughs> uh, Complet is not English. I'll just put it out there. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that was really fun to be asked to do because 
you know, I do see myself doing more of that kind of work Mm -hmm. as well. Maybe not necessarily I'm writing something, but I'm taking something that somebody wrote and bringing it to life, putting my own twist on it, maybe giving it that extra whatever if they want me to, you know, and doing it that way. Because I, I very much like to look at a source you know, and have fun with it, source material and have fun with it my own way. But the writing part, that's something that intimidates me. So I feel like it would be great if I could do something like comedic acting, you Mm -hmm. know, if I could just be comedic actor and collaborate with people, but also like let other people do the writing. (laughs) So transitioning like like a smidge, how did you get to be on a house team? And explain yes. what a house team is for, for the folks that are not comedians. Yes. Okay. So there are a bunch of comedy schools slash theaters in New York. And, you know, some of the mo- one of the most famous is UCB. Mm-hmm. Although they just, they just recently had to close down actually here in New York because of the pandemic and things that are going on. So that was very sad. Um, but so there's UCB, there's the Magnet Theater, there's um, the Brooklyn Comedy Collective, and then there's the Pit, the People's Improv Theater, which is where I decided to take classes. Um, and that's where I'm on a house team. And basically what you do is, and you don't have to take classes at each theater to be considered for their house teams, but it, it helps, I guess, if you're a part of that community and then you're trying to be in their weekly lineup because mm-hmm. at least you kind of know people and they know you and they've seen more of you but we've also you know people on my house team that haven't taken classes at the pit before and they came from outside um but the process is you know you take classes there's usually levels there's like levels zero through five and zero is for like people who just want to have fun and it's like free and you know you just go and have fun but then level one is just like a beginner's class. So I went through all levels. Um, and once I was done, once you pass level five, you can audition to be in a house team. And they, you know, let you know when the auditions are. And then, you know, you audition and you get a call back. And basically the process, the audition process is you show up, you sign up for an audition slot and you're in a slot with maybe maybe seven other people, but maybe less. And basically, you just do a bunch of scenes. Um, the focus is long form improv, which um, is, you. there are different formats, like the Herald, I don't know if you've heard of the mm-hmm. Herald, that's like one of the most famous formats. Um, and so it's not like games that you would see on like whose line is it anyway it's Mm -hmm. not that kind of format that format is kind of dying down I mean it has died down a lot that's not necessarily something you'll see if you go to an improv show anymore but so you just do a bunch of scenes and then you get a callback and the callback is another set of a bunch of scenes but it's every single person who auditioned who got Mm -hmm. a callback so it's a ton of people and they had a bucket of names and they would call eight names at a time and you would go up and do a set just all together. So you just do a series of scenes, you edit it, you edit them yourself and you just keep doing scenes until the, you know, the owner of the theater and the managers of the theater say, you're done, okay, Mm -hmm. next group. 
So that was intimidating because as much as I've taken classes there, I really, I, like I said, I'll keep saying it, I'm a shy person and I had people who I knew and who I was friends with, but there are people who, you know, know everybody yeah. and are there all the time and, you know, make connections that way. And I'm not as good at that. And I, that's something I do need to get better at. Um, but so I was very intimidated because I was like, Oh, I don't know that many people like everybody. <laughs> it's it very, it seemed like, you know, buddy club. And I was over here like, like I can't do this. I show up on Tuesdays and that's kind of where that ends. <laughs> exactly exactly um so that's so i felt very nervous but i was lucky enough my friend phoebe who was in the movie her movie um she and i both got a call back and we miraculously got our names called in the same group so somehow and we were like the second to last group to go and somehow we were both called in the same group so i felt comfortable there because i was like at least phoebe's up here with me you know we're gonna we're going to do it. And I remember doing a scene in the callbacks and people were laughing. And I was, cause I think I was pretending to be a cat. And <laughs> which I've seen you do before. Weirdly. <laughs> it's not abnormal. It's not outside of my wheelhouse. It's probably something <laughs> I subconsciously do all the time. Um, but, and I remember being like, that was good. But you know, was that good enough? You mm -hmm. know, like what, what's going to happen? And then again, miraculously, Phoebe and I were placed on the same house team. So that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, that's the process. Like it's genuinely, and I knew people who didn't get callbacks who are fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic improvisers. So it's really, like it's really up in the air. And I know that this year they did extend, or rather expand um, the house teams because they used to only have it on one day, Wednesday, mm -hmm. and then they expanded it to two days, so Monday and Wednesday. And so they, I know they took a little more people, and I tried to downplay it by being like, I, they took more people, they expanded it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still really cool, and it, it is a hard process because you do have to take classes, and it's hard when you take classes and you're with a new group every class. Maybe there are one or two people who've taken a class with before, but also anybody can take any class at any time. Like, you know, you kind of have to be like, oh, I took a level one, so now I can take level two, but sometimes they don't pay attention to that. So <laughs> you'll have some randos in your class. And some people don't want to do improv. They're doing it because they think it's fun. So there's so many different levels in your classes and it's hard to adjust and focus on yourself when you're also taking into account other people's skill levels. And, mm -hmm. But it's also so important because it makes you better. It makes you a better improviser. If you can improvise with somebody who's never done improv before, you know? And if you have a grasp on it and can control it that way, that, I mean, I think that's the ultimate test and gauge of if you're a good improviser. So, so are you, yeah. are you now, so now you're performing twice a week? No, so... Mondays and Wednesdays, it was different teams each night. Ah, okay. So I used to be on Mondays, and then they kind of uh, moved things around, and now my team is on Wednesdays. And actually, we still do we do virtual improv now. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like so Brady Bunch style? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, if you go to The Pit and uh, my Facebook, they go live on Facebook each you know, each Monday and Wednesday, 
and other days too because they also have sketch teams as well so sketch teams put up their sketches and i think those are pre-recorded mostly which fits better for them but the improv is live so you can go to facebook and see that um i actually haven't done it yet in the in these times because you know i've been dealing with pandemic things but um my my group you know at least two of us every every week do it so it's been great that they've kept it up because it's something great for us it's nice to have that and you we can still do that you know we can still do improv we can still see the people that we used to see every single week twice a week if you're rehearsing every week Mm -hmm. um so that's been really nice um so check us out we're called barnaby thatcher we're at 8 p.m on wednesday (laughs) Um, we did have a different name and then they told us we had to change it and we were like why do we have to change it and they were like we can't tell you so we had to change it (laughs) we don't know why Um, wait what was your old name it was Thaddeus which I loved Thaddeus and then we were like is it because it's like somebody's name and they were like you can still do somebody's name just make it like they told us to make it less popular and I was like whose name is Thaddeus Thaddeus. I'm sorry, who's running around with Thaddeus as their monitor? What Tad was, like, pissed off by that? I don't know. Was that someone on a pillow somewhere? Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm concerned and confused. So that, I mean, that's that's a big deal. You should be really, really proud of yourself for that, to, like, be out here on these streets, being like, I'm a comedian. So, I mean just kind of wondering you know what is it like and inter- you you know you were saying that like this is not my full-time obviously right now you know what does a full-time career look like for you in comedy because are you getting paid right now to be on this house team or are you just gonna it's just kind of show up and have a little fun oh no you end up paying to be on these <laughs> teams with between um you know paying for coaches paying for rehearsal space we don't get paid um because they're free shows Mm -hmm. the actual the house team shows are the free shows every week to get people in um and then and i'm on some indie teams as well that means a team that's not you know part of the theater but the theater rents out their space to anybody Mm -hmm. who wants to you know do a show so i've done a lot of indie improv shows too but you don't get paid for that either but those shows are charged um they cost like maybe like ten dollars a show um so yeah i don't get paid for it <laughs> and that's how you know i really love to do it um, all creatives yes but i have a nine to five job mm-hmm. um so you know and i'm lucky to have that and it, it does make things harder sometimes because i'm not so a lot of people are waiters or they're nannies or they're you know they have flexible hours where they're not necessarily working nine to five every single day and they only have weekends and so sometimes it does get hard because I can only do what I need to do at nighttime or on the weekends. And, you know, living here and having a nine to five and trying to have a social life and doing improv, it can get tiring. And I, I get a lot of energy from being alone too. So I can't be alone <laughs> a lot of the time. So it does like take my energy a lot to do this. But I think in the future, it would be my goal, you know, to either get an acting job on, you know, it would be cool to do TV or, you know, people always tell me like, are you going to be on SNL one day? And that would be very cool if I could do something like that. But that's to me a long haul thing that if I wanted to really make money from this, I need to 
focus and to really double down and to really commit to doing this stuff. And I think managing, trying to make money so that I can commit to it and then fully committing it to it, that is where I, I need to really focus so that I, I don't drown myself in that mm-hmm. kind of, in trying to focus on that, but I also actually go for it, you know? Have you considered yourself, like, introducing yourself as, like, a com- a comedian? I know I keep calling you that, but I'm me, and I'm ridiculous. So, <laughs> but, you I know. Think, <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I mean, my sister, who I've mentioned earlier, um, she moved here because she went to musical theater um, grad school. She went to grad school for composing musical theater. And so she, you know, I go to a lot of things that she's involved in. And whenever she introduces me to her friends, she does say that I'm a comedian. And um, it always feels so weird because, you know, that's how I can connect to those people. Though, yeah. Or I can relate to those people because they're all actors and, you know, themselves. So it makes sense when I'm introduced to people like that. But I also feel like I usually say, like, I do comedy or I do improv. <laughs> And I actually had one person call me out on it before, and they were like, why do you say it like that? And I'm like, well, I just feel like I don't actually do it full time, so I feel like it's not something that I can necessarily say. And they were like, well, you should say it, because it's something you're attempting to do, and and if you really want to do it, then you are, you know? Mm -hmm. So that random stranger who I met that one night um, (laughs) really put things Shouts out to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I think... I try to if I'm meeting people like that, but then also when I'm meeting people in, in the same boat as me, I also feel silly because they're probably producing a lot of things and writing a lot of things, and I'm like, I do improv every week, you know? <laughs> so it's, 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 a, it's a process, I think, and again, I'll, I'll have to really apply myself and commit myself to it if I want to feel comfortable one day fully claiming that title. And do you want to one day fully claim that title? I do. I definitely do. I feel like, again, when I look at my life, I think, what else am I going to do? Because I love my job. I think my job is actually really great, and I love doing it, but that's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about it every day, if I could do the things that I really want to do, then, you know, that's that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't see any other option for myself. You know? And so what are your next steps in your journey? Well, things have sort of been uh, halted <laughs> for now. And I know a lot of people are saying, you know, take this time to be creative. I don't to listen to those do people. Their things. Yeah, I think those people are assholes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be cool if I could really flesh out, like maybe just writing writing a joke every day or trying to trying to maybe write a five minute stand-up set and just see how it goes or creating a lot of online content you know i had some ideas for silly instagram stories that i was gonna maybe do so maybe i'll try my hand at building an online presence especially now and especially in just current life i mean social Mm -hmm. media that's how people are being found that's how people are being discovered and the people who can make their content suitable for YouTube or for TikTok or for I know, still don't understand the young people's TikTok. <laughs> it's just really Vine. It's 2020 Vine and I don't know. <laughs> I it's didn't get Vine then. I don't get it now. <laughs> <laughs> 
but that is the though that is the comedy culture right now you know that kind of stuff and it and usually those people are able to branch out maybe go to youtube maybe focus on learning how to actually write like tv shows pilots yeah you know just scripts you know sketch Mm -hmm. scripts anything like that so it would be good for me to sort of test the waters, especially now because the stakes are so low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I could do anything, so that would be that would be the best way for me. I think is to really focus on just getting my getting my brand out there, getting my name out there, letting people see that I do do comedy, trying to build a following. Because I also don't do a lot on social media besides just live my life. Like, I don't write jokes. You know, mm-hmm. there are people who tweet, like, jokes all the time. And they're, like, people I know from college. And I'm like, you, what do you do? Like, <laughs> how do you come up with these things? I don't do that, you know? So mm-hmm. if I could switch switch my thinking that way as well and try to be funny online, I think that would help me a lot, too. Yeah, because you are, I mean, truly, when you, like, emerge, when you become a full butterfly... It's going to be a game changer for everybody because knowing you on a personal level and like, I love seeing you at the start of this journey, like in the beginning and hearing about these things, it makes me smile because I know how incredibly talented you are. Um, and that's why I wanted to have you on. Cause I think I, once again, we see people kind of like at the end of their, not the end. Cause you're never at the end, but you know what I mean? Like. They're like, I'm great. I'm doing these things. Woo woo. But like Mm -hmm. Bethany's starting and she's already killing it in my opinion. (laughs) But I'm also like a wee bit biased. So it's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. I need I need a built in audience. So, you know, I I need that support. You have one in me. I I have one in you because I appreciate I I think I sent you you, Stephen. Jake, Beth, and your Beth, and Nat. Um, <laughs> I text one day. I was like, "Thanks so much for always liking my tweets." Because <laughs> it's support. You need that. You People do. need to see. Oh, this tweet has four likes already. I should like it. You know, just to That's get it just... to that. Because I think I'm hysterical on Twitter, but <laughs> it's nice. You are. You are hilarious. See, it's it's you. Like you have good tweet content. Like if I could really focus on emulating you, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be a scary time for all. Uh, <laughs> so besides, you know, Chris Farley, as we've mentioned earlier in the podcast, who else are? Um, he just he came up a lot, so I figured, you know, he did. He it's did. called a call a callback in the comedy world, I believe. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What do you, like, who else do you look to and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I would love to learn from them. I would love, you know, like their comedy has spoken to me in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious is Amy Poehler. I really, I mean, Parks and Rec, it would be wonderful to be on a show like Parks and Rec, Mm. you know, and just any Mike Schur show. I mean, just that kind of format and that kind of comedy is just what I love. It's so delightful. And it so really Amy Poehler... What? No, I was just saying it really is. It is, it is. And, and um, but in terms of, like, stand-up, I mean, Nicole Byer is just... <sighs> love. She's incredible. And the way that she is just... Her stand-up, because she has jokes, but she's also so natural, and she has stories, too, and just... 
she's so wonderful and she's a good she's a great comedic actress as well and i feel like if i could be at her level of grind and the way that she's literally always working um that would be incredible like if i could be at her level of success that would be amazing so i love nicole byer i really love bo burnham i love love, love, bo love the stand-up yeah the stand-up specialist he's put out though that's what i'm talking about unique stand-up because he sort of does break the form a lot and the way that he his shows are they're not classic like just standing you know standing there telling jokes and that's what i mean by trying to be creative like that as well because his mind i mean his creative ability is insane um he was one of the first oh no i was just saying like bo burnham was not one of the first but i think really to bring on the idea of like a musical comedy kind of thing in stand-up form yeah like i know that's a that is a common thing to have music and like a lot of stand-ups do write songs and there's always a piano and like zach galifianakis galifianakis has done Mm -hmm. yeah he's done a lot of music in his stand-up too but yeah bullet burnham makes comedy songs and uses them in his stand-up and then he has like music videos Mm -hmm. And that would be great too, but I'm not a songwriter, so that would be, you know, <laughs> it's, it's the writing part that I have trouble with. Um, but yeah, also people like John Mulaney, who maybe that's a little more formulaic in the stand-up, you know, uh-huh. form, I guess. But he's incredible too. I mean, mm-hmm. he just the natural ability to tell a story. I mean, I think the Comeback Kid is one of the best, well-written. Yes. Uh, just stand-ups because it's so perfect it has the perfect button it has the perfect arc it all connects but you don't think that it is until after you've watched it and you're like oh my god that was so well done you know and then there's people like ben schwartz who has made a career i mean obviously he's a he's an actor and has been in tv but he just he's been on tour with middle edition and schwartz and they did two prop they did improv and went on tour and made money off of that, you know, and they have three, three Netflix specials. So that would be incredible if I could do something like that. If I could make money off of doing improv, the thing that I love. So they definitely, those people, people like that inspire me a lot. There, and those are great people to inspire you. I love Nicole Byer. I mean, I love Nicole Byer. She is constantly grinding. Yes. Constantly grind. I wish I had her work ethic. Like, like. <laughs> I know. I know. I yeah. She she's. I mean, she's truly one of the most incredible people. And John Mulaney, the Comeback Kid, is phenomenal. I love New in Town. Is something I constantly go back to. Just like the comedic timing of everything is so mm-hmm. tight. Yes. It's just, like, it's very, very tight and succinct. Succinct? Yes, that's the word. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I really love that. Um, so, Bethany, this is our, my last question that I ask all my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you describe being a woman or womanhood? Hmm. That's, ooh, I should have prepared for this. Everyone says that, and they've all listened <laughs> to episodes, and I don't know why no one's prepared yet. Oh my gosh I know I would say I mean I think I'm very fortunate I'm fortunate to one be white and to um have a safety net I, I've never had to struggle financially really I, I wouldn't say that I would I'm not like my family isn't um 
wealthy or anything like that. But I, being the youngest of five, sort of benefiting from my sister, from having an older sister, from having time for my parents to be more established in their life, I've never had to struggle that much. But being a woman, there's always inherent struggles. You know, and I, again, I have privilege being cis as well. So I understand that I am lucky to have what I have and to not even face the, the same things at all as, you know, black women, POC in general, trans women. I'm, I'm lucky and I understand that. But I also understand that, you know, and especially in comedy, we have three women on our house team and the rest are men. And it's hard because <laughs> you're in, you're kind of in a boys club. I mean, everything, and you have to be careful too, because you know, you can think that you're fine, you're safe. These guys are probably like losers and nerds anyway, if they're doing improv, but it can be scary to be like the only woman in a class or in a room and you realize oh like I might have to deal with a scene partner who is like gonna say something gross mm -hmm. you know or there's a level of trust that you have to you know you have to be guarded and when there's another woman in your class you can be like okay thank god there's another woman here because you know that at least you'll have some support and most teachers are men as well so you know in the in the comedy community it, it's tough sometimes when you are oftentimes the only woman in a room or if you're not, like you kind of glom on to the other woman and hope that, you know, you can support them and they can support you in some way. Um, so I think being a woman or womanhood, I mean, I, I'm glad that I am. That sounds so weird, but like, <laughs> I like, I, I don't know. I'm not the most eloquent person, but I think that I'm lucky to be a woman and I'm very happy to, um, to have the experience that I've had because it's just so funny how how much harder you have to work <laughs> how much harder you have to work to be noticed how much harder you have to work to even be considered on the same level level and the scrutiny that comes with being a woman I found that more in my my actual nine-to-five job is just so funny what's expected of women and then what any little boy can get away with <laughs> And you're like, if I did that, I would be talked to later, mm -hmm. you know? But that guy is just walking down the hallway thinking everything's fine when he just ruined something for the whole department, you know, something like that. It's it's definitely, I feel like I didn't necessarily notice it fully growing up, but being in the real world, having a job, meeting so many different types of people, you realize, like, yeah. The privilege exists for men, <laughs> white men. I mean, white cis men specifically is what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, so that it, that can become disheartening because you're like, well, I have to be perfect baseline. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that women have to deal with all the time. I have to be perfect, otherwise, I'm I'm not worthy, and also I'm responsible for representing women everywhere because people mm -hmm. love doing that. They love putting that on people, you know. So it's hard, but I, I'm glad that I, I can, you know, I don't know. I'm happy to be a woman. I don't know. That sounds weird. No, <laughs> it's not weird. I love it. I love your tie-in to the comedic, 
comedic world. I, I love it. I'm here for it. Um, Bethany, thank you so much for joining me. I'm really happy we had this conversation. Um, the people can't see it, but I'm like waving my arms. Uh, <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so happy we had this conversation. Um, before we go, do you have anything that you want to shout out, give kudos to, mention? Everything um, that we talked about will be in the show notes. So like the 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 sh- the house team and the oh, improv stuff. Um, a couple of comedians that we mentioned. Um, the cool. link to your uh, movie. So all of that can Perfect. go in the okay, show notes. Yeah. But anything um, else you wanna? Then I wanna I wanna shout out you, Natalia, oh. for being amazing for even having this podcast and continuing to do this and get consistent people i mean you are doing it girl when i was like when you started the podcast i was like oh my god toy's doing it but you always see people starting podcasts and you're like oh they're starting a podcast like how long is this gonna last and you're freaking doing it so shout out to you and thank you so much for having me i'm so glad that you asked i also feel so unworthy so what? thank Absolutely you not. you're a gem and a joy um thank you again bethany so much thank you to all the listeners for uh joining us this week um if you'd like to follow the show and please do um on instagram and twitter at pretty face lady three if you would like to email the show because you want to say hi you know someone who could be on the show or you want to be on the show um please email us at pretty face women at mtapfpodcast.com and we'll talk to you soon Bye bye